Welcome back to the Care Team Podcast, October 28th, 2021, episode 59, Romans 12, 2, uh, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And today we're excited to talk about um, our, the conference that we just got back from. It's called The Comeback. Uh, it was at North Coast Church in Vista, California. And you might have uh, realized that we kind of recycled a few of our older episodes, and that's why. And we're excited to come and share that with you. Yeah, so glad to be back. And and as we dive into this topic, we just kind of want to have a nice soft start in there. So we know it's autumn. Uh, autumn has definitely hit us hard yesterday. <laughs> Get your jackets, folks. Yep. Um, or inside joke, and maybe we'll explain it. Get your parka. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's an inside joke. But anyway, uh, so as we dive in today, it's autumn. And so we just kind of want to talk about some of our favorite things we do in autumn. If it's a specific family thing or maybe like an autumn life hack. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah, I, I uh, love the foods that come along with autumn. I like food anyway, but really love uh, the cooler air, the, the leaves, but then also that hearty food that comes along. And pumpkin pie is delicious, but my motto is chocolate improves most foods. And yes. so my hack is, is you're making and preparing your pumpkin pies. This is really easy. Take about a half a cup to three quarters of a cup of, of um, chocolate chips, and I really recommend... Um, just probably not semi-sweet, maybe milk chocolate, and put that in the pie shell as you pour in the pumpkin pie mix and bake it as you normally bake it. And and when you're all done, there'll be this great little thin layer of chocolate. Mm. And it's an awesome addition. I know some people say don't mess with a traditional <laughs> thing, but you don't knock it until you've tried it. Yeah. I may have to try that one. Yeah. So this year we we did something new, and actually when I I, I can't even say we because it was all Jill. So, um, anyways, uh, we uh, we we went out to my father in law's garden where he had all kinds of pumpkins, and unbeknownst to me, he had pie pumpkins. So she picked one of those, brought it inside the house, gutted it, used it, all that stuff for for, pie, for wow. pumpkin mousse. Yeah. And then put it back into the pumpkin, and that's what we dipped it out of. Oh, cool. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds cool. Yeah, that was really cool. It was really tasty, too. Yeah. Good job, Jill. <laughs> so, so I already knew this, but Jill has her stuff together way more <laughs> than I do. Um, so, fall, I love fall. It's beautiful. The weather's beautiful. Food's amazing. But I usually am just busy mourning the loss of summer during <laughs> fall, so I yep. don't... You know, I don't usually put out a lot of decorations or do a whole but lot you get of specific things. That is true. Yeah. I do love the campfires. But one year in particular, this is like three years ago or something, I was driving home and you know the leaves are falling, it's beautiful, and I thought, gosh, I never really get a pumpkin, never, you know, really like decorated or anything. And I drove up and I was so excited because I I looked on my, my front porch and there's you know, I see what I think is this big orange pumpkin. I'm like, somebody brought me a pumpkin and put it on my porch. I was so excited. And I walked out there to look. My son had left his basketball in the landscaping. <laughs> and I thought it was like, yes. That's just great. It was so easy. And, That's you know. great. So is your is your hack that you can decorate with basketballs? Yes, that if is you're, my hack. I like there it. There you go. Like it. Who's your fans? There you go. I feel like my hack is just, I also love summer. So when it starts to get cold, I can't really enjoy fall because I'm just like, it's almost winter. And I and I do not <laughs> like winter at all because I get cold and I stay cold. I'm with you. So my, la- my thing is always layer. Just as much as you need to, but also like, I don't know. So like inside, you're not like wearing a ton of layers and you're super hot and you can't like take them off. So I'm always like, just wear layers so you can keep warm when you're outside. And then when you're inside, you can just be comfortable. Nice. Well, as we dive into our topic today, so we're talking about the the conference topics. 
and the, the conference was called the comeback and, and it was just interesting you know their their play on words and uh but before we get started and so what we're going to do today each person uh, went to different breakout sessions and we're going to talk a little about uh, the breakout session we went to and, and how that applies to care and, and why we should uh, use that or why we should consider that when it comes to care topics so but Tom can you talk about what comeback meant and what they meant by that yeah and I did and I wanted to I wanted to also share just some musings that I had about that title um, they were calling it at the comeback because, um, for most of us in different ways, COVID was kind of a timeout, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it. Many people I've talked to said it feels like we lost a year or time sort of skipped a beat. And I think for a lot of leaders, pastors, and even just church members, um, it really feels like a return to trying to get back to normalcy or um, coming back into uh, our jobs fully or whatever it is. And so that was kind of the idea. And it was interesting because it felt to me, I'm just being transparent here, it felt to me a little after the fact. But once we started really diving into the conference and parsing through some of the kind of 30,000 foot, you know, view points that they had, it made a lot of sense. Um, I have to tell you, though, I immediately thought of the LL Cool J song, Don't Call It a Comeback, I've Been Here, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's some truth in that as well, right? Like yeah. on one hand, it is a comeback. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of us were either viewing church online or doing church online um, or or on both ends of that. And so we we were here. We didn't leave, but we were here in a different manner. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it, it was a, it was an excellent conference. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about your experience there. So, Kelly, uh, you're going to lead us off. Uh, what class did you go to? What was uh, you know, what, what are some things you took away that? Uh, our listeners can apply to the topics we normally talk about. Yeah, um, I think the most influential speaker that I heard, her name was Megan Fate Marshman. And I don't remember exactly the title of hers because I didn't write it down. But she was just really vulnerable about all the stuff she had encountered this year and like through COVID. And apparently even earlier in the year, she had lost someone really close to her. And she was just left in a really broken spot for a while. And... I just, I love when people can be very vulnerable to a crowd and they can just be very open. And I think that's something that um, we can easily like skip over as believers. I think sometimes we fail to be vulnerable with one another and then, you know, we can't really meet people where they're at because people feel so alone and isolated because they feel like people don't understand what they're feeling and where they're coming from. Did you, so, did you feel at all when you were listening to her? Because I enjoyed her very much, too. In yeah. fact, I got her books later. Mm -hmm. um, did you notice or feel that I did, like, she, here she is talking about this really significant loss and then talking about all the heavy topics, and yet you could feel an underlying joy? Yeah, she was yes. very mm -hmm. joyful on stage. She mm -hmm. had a very joyful presence. She... And the thing I loved about her was she was joyful, but when she started to feel emotion on stage, she didn't back away from that. Like, you could see her eyes get watery. You could see that she was very much feeling things very deeply at that time, but it didn't embarrass her. It didn't push her away from feeling those things. But, yeah, she did have a lot of joy on stage, and she had that presence and that light about her that was really encouraging. Well, and I think that's an opportunity, too, to talk about the difference between happiness versus joy because it – it's not yeah. a it's not a happy mm -hmm. moment, but there's joy because you know, you know what you know that God wins in the end. 
Yeah. One of the casualties of COVID was our interaction with one another. And I couldn't help but feel from all the speakers and especially um, who you're talking about that we value realness maybe more now even than we did before mm -hmm. that that we value so much communication and relationship and, and interaction that we see right through a phony interaction. Yeah. And so I felt from majority, if not all of the speakers, this real connection with the audience and, yeah. and, and purposeful connection. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think she had a few big points that I really liked that I wanted to share. Um, one of the biggest ones was kind of towards the beginning of her message. And she was just saying, we want to be like Jesus, but we don't want to carry our cross. And I was very convicted about that. I was like, I am, um, I don't know if y'all are at all interested in the Enneagram, but I am a two. I am a helper. I like to be present with people in their pain. But when it comes to my pain, I really struggle with feeling it and internalizing it and sitting with it and healing from that. But you know, being like Jesus, we do have to carry those things um, and we have to carry our cross and we have to die to self. And I think that's a really hard thing for every believer is getting to that point where we're like, okay, God, like I'm fully surrendering to you. And I think even sometimes we've been believers for a long time and we don't want to fully surrender because we still want that part of ourselves. We still want that flesh. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's a really good point. Absolutely. And, and, and implied in there is we want to be like Jesus, but we don't want to carry our cross. You can't. Jesus yeah. says to us, right, pick up your cross and follow me. So you yeah. can't. You, you might desire to, and it's good to have that desire, but if you're not willing to carry that cross, you can't. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, too, about uh, Jim's message the weekend before the conference, and he talked about... Uh, being separated from God versus being, you know, found being justified by God, mm -hmm. and, you know, because we're believers and how a lot of people, they try to walk that line. It's like, how can I walk that line between getting all the sinful things that I want, but also still being <laughs> yeah. acceptable to Christ? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you, you can't, yeah. you, you yeah. gotta, you gotta go with what Jesus wants. And yeah. so yeah. dying to self. That's good. Um, another thing that she brought up was just to wait more on the Lord and, we as the care team went to dinner one night and I actually had brought up like, what is a fruit of the spirit that you struggle with the most? And one of my top ones was patience. I'm like, no, I want it. I want it now. If God tells me to do something, I want to do it then. I don't want to wait. Like, but sometimes that is a big part of our relationship with God is just waiting on him. And in that, just being present to him and like what he's trying to you know, share with us and show us and tell us in those waiting seasons. So, and I feel like I'm kind of in a, you know, season of waiting right now and just like being prepared to, I know we've talked about me going to Romania soon on one of these podcasts. So, you know, preparing that and like waiting on that season. And so, you know, there's just a lot there for that too. And I was like, okay, God, I need to learn to be still. And I just need to learn to be present with you more instead of just trying to figure things out, you know. I think we we joked around about a play on words with that as well, that when you are trying to be patient and you're struggling, that getting out of self and focusing on others, and so that idea of waiting on the Lord, almost like wait staff at a restaurant. Like, mm -hmm. are you serving God? And, by, and, and usually the way we serve God is we serve others. 
And so when I'm thinking about you and what you need and serving you, I'm not thinking about me mm-hmm. and what I'm worried about and what I'm waiting on. Um, so just kind of a play on words there. But yeah, that was, I was so glad you brought that up, Callie, because that was great conversation following that day and, yeah. and what we it heard. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the trip was just having those conversations with you all at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I'll share one more big thing that I really liked. Um, she was talking about the story of um, Noah in the ark, and she was just talking about how once everyone was in the ark, she's like, God sealed the door shut. And I remember like thinking about that, and I was like, yeah, like we know that God shut the door. But then she said this, and it was very simple, but it was really profound to me, and she just said, God shuts the doors. He doesn't just open them. And I thought, you know, I'm somebody who sometimes I feel like I'm going to miss what God has for me somehow. And I feel like that's kind of a normal feeling. But for me, I was like, okay, like God will shut the things off from me that aren't serving me if I'm seeking him. So that just was a very big comforting thing for me to hear too. But those were, she was full of wisdom. I loved hearing her speak. She was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole conference. She was awesome. So Lori, how about yourself? Well, she was really great. You know, and Tom mentioned that um, he he bought her books and I didn't buy a book, but I borrowed one of them from Tom. So (laughs) I decided to start reading it. Um, The the whole conference and experience was great. Um, It was really cool that we got to sit outside for half the conference in the sunshine and got to hear the speakers and all the speakers were so good. And um, Tom talked about the realness of them. And I appreciate authenticity in people so much. that they. I didn't feel like anyone was being somebody they're not, putting on airs. They were just comfortable. And I I really appreciate it and like that. Um, It was entertaining and informative and, you know, moving and all those things. Um, One of my favorite parts of the conference was I went to a breakout about North Coast singles ministry. Mm. So I was pretty excited to hear about that. Um, I have been single for about six years now. And when I, when I first was found myself an unmarried person, you know, your whole kind of life changes. You don't know mm-hmm. what to do with yourself anymore. You don't have your married couple friends to go out with. Um, your single friends are busy and it's just, it's kind of a whole new phase of life. And um, at that time when I found myself, you know, trying to just adjust to that and looking for places, you know, to be and, and things to do or, you know, um, I just ran into, there's just not a lot out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last few years, we've, you know, I've talked about it before, we've brought um, our single and parenting support group to the church, which is a great step for us. I think it's it's really um, helpful and it's a good place for single people to bond together. Um, but North Coast has a, an amazing singles ministry, and there were two um, pastors that talked. I don't have <laughs> their names written down, but um, they were both from, you know, two different generations, one that was a little younger, one that was a little older, which I thought was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um and their singles ministry is broken down into three different age groups, like 15 or so years time span. And the way they're set up is they, they meet on a, a regular basis. They, you know, they do teaching and then they also have single small groups. Mm-hmm. And then I think once a month or so they do an event or a serving project and things like that. And it's based on kind of just, just age groups. And the intent obviously is not to, you know, it's not a, a dating site. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, if you happen to meet someone, they're great, but that, that's not the intent. That's not the focus, um, which I think sometimes is is the perception 
of singles mm-hmm. ministry. It's just, it's a meat market or it's whatever, but you know, really people just want people, people to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. Um, they talked about some of the, uh, the pastoring they did with people who, who just struggle with being single, mm-hmm. who, um, struggle for, you know, for whatever reason and help them find their identity and other things rather than their, <clears throat> excuse me, their, their marital status or whatever. And also, um, they talked about that kind of odd stage sometimes you have where you're not single, you're not married, you're in a committed relationship, but where do you fit? It's mm. like a whole other category that people don't yeah. recognize. Um, and they also talked about um, people who who struggle with being single and helping them with some challenges to that in their lives that maybe are, are keeping them from moving forward in their life. I was thinking about a good friend of mine. It's not my wisdom. It's his, and, of course, all wisdom is really God's wisdom. But he used to talk about um, the importance of when we're single. Um, I know I was single at the time we were having that conversation um, of becoming who we want to attract. Mm -hmm. That if we want someone who's healthy and well and has a deep relationship with Christ, because human beings tend to be attracted to people who are relatively in the same place as they are. Now, that doesn't mean you're exactly the same. It means the level of wellness, the depth of faith, those things are similar. And so um, I love hearing that because that really affirms that for me, that maybe what's holding people back sometimes is themselves. And that's not uh, an accusatory or, or punitive thing. It's an encouragement to say, you actually have more control than you think about whom you attract into your life. And it's God encouraging you to get right with him first and then, right, it's seek ye first the kingdom again, and then these things will be given unto you. So that's super cool. Thank and you. It also made me think about something Tommy's been talking about recently, Lori, when you were talking about um, kind of that weird place people are in where they don't exactly fit. Because uh, Tommy's been talking about pre-premarital. Um, <laughs> yes. And, yes. and uh, talk about that a little bit, Tommy. So here, we recognize that we do premarital. Uh, we have a really good premarital program, but what are we doing for people who are not engaged? Uh, maybe people are dating, maybe they're not dating at all, but, and it's, it's not a competition with our YA because that that's young adults, but we're talking about uh, folks who are, I think it's 26 and above, which are, which would not fall into the YA category and just helping them uh, figure out their identity. And, and we're going to talk a little about order here in a moment. Um, but just making sure they have the order correct and not, you know, and we think about Mark 12, you know, loving God with everything we have and, and making God our first love and doing that well. So then we're seeking out our spouse. Um, we, we can, we can make sure that we're, we're seeking out using biblical filters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lori, coming back to you, can you talk specifically about, and, and, and I don't think I'm sharing anything that hasn't been shared on the podcast before. You're mm-hmm. dating somebody, yes. but you're not engaged. Right. And right now there's no immediate plans to be married. Right. So as you were in this, this breakout session about um, single, you're not single. Right. Right. So talk about that a little bit and kind of maybe what they said or what you were thinking as they were talking. Um, well, that that is a real thing because I'm not single. I'm with someone that I'm committed to. We aren't engaged we aren't you know we're not close to, be, to being engaged but we're committed and we're not dating other people and we have no desire to date other people um I, I think for me a little bit it's the the validation of of who we are 
you know, it just, it makes you feel like you're just in a whole other category that is left out of things sometimes. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's just new territory like anything else. Um, and thank you for rescuing me a minute ago as you said what I was <laughs> trying to say so much better. But something else I wanted to say was it was also something they said I thought was really good because a lot of times, you know, there are people who are single who are desperate to not be single, mm-hmm. to be with someone. And, and people, you know, put everything else aside and chase after things that aren't necessarily really for them. Um, and obviously it's important to grow your relationship with, with Christ first and be the person that God wants you to be and all of those things. But I also sometimes think that we we tell people that they don't need to look for a spouse. They don't need to look for a companion. That's not something you need to look for. And I think that desire is okay. And they did acknowledge that when in their talk. You know, they said that, you know, obviously this is not a, a dating service, but, but we acknowledge that people, you know, we're made to, to live in community and, yeah, and they acknowledge that. Yeah, we're made in God's image and God is a communal God. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and where would you rather people meet? A bar? I mean, yes, a lot exactly. of times churches cringe at the idea of a meat market, but as long as you're putting healthy boundaries and structure around mm-hmm. it, isn't that the best place to meet somebody, especially right. if you're a Christian, yes. you want to meet other Christians? I mean, I know we have Christian mingle and all these things online, <laughs> but... Uh, still, I think the best place to meet somebody is to meet them in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you get to hear them and see them and really know that they're walking out. The f- I mean, what a, what better place is there? Yeah. Now, if you're coming there and you're not paying attention to any of the programming or formatting or and you came there strictly to look for a date, I think that's going to show itself at some right. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a corrective moment. Um, but I don't think we need to fear that. I think that's a great place to meet people. Okay. We actually had a situation like that a few years ago at church on a, on a Sunday. So, um, but that's another discussion. <laughs> for another day. Well, I'm really yeah. excited about the, the idea of a pre premarital, you know, because yeah. that, that's something that we talk about in yeah. our single and parenting group too, is, you know, so many of us want to move on to healthy relationships because we've come from ones that were mm-hmm. less than healthy and we don't know what that looks like. We don't know how to do that, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. and some guidance That's good. would be good. So. Tommy, so, so, Tommy. I, I, so as we turn the corner, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk a little about marriage. And uh, so marriage is near and dear to my heart, and uh, they had a marriage breakout class. So I just kind of want to talk about that uh, a little bit here. So I'll try to keep it under uh, just a couple minutes here. Uh, one thing they talked about was these, uh, what they called the five habits uh, to help uh, to help marriage uh, succeed, to help to help your marriage thrive. And uh, basically, the, those five are clarify your calling, predetermine your pace, examine your expectations. Uh, four is find your friends, and five is strengthen your soul. And so, I, I just really want to talk about the first three because those are the, the way they they talked about was is very unique. And so, uh, examine your expectations. You know, and one thing I thought was interesting is I've, I've been reading a book uh, about marriage, and there was a uh, a term in there that he used called uh, prepared spontaneity. And he's saying that like the way that life shakes out is not the way we plan. I mean, even our best plans are, are still sure. uh, faulty. And so basically what he's saying is like, you know, there, while we may not know what tomorrow brings, it doesn't mean we still can't prepare now. Mm-hmm. And so examining expectations, you know, and trying to make sure you vocalize that, share with your spouse What's on your heart? Like, what is it? What, what is your thinking? Uh, you know, what is it that you mean when you do say something? So it really requires a lot of communication. And I know that's tough. I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to press in for a little bit. Guys, historically, don't do well with communicating. Right. And so not to pick on you guys, because I'm a guy too, and I fail at communicating. So guess what? We're all in the same broken boat together. But we need to communicate well, and we need to be intentional about that. And, Tommy, I know you probably do some of this in the premarital, but also just our our society especially, and I imagine this is worldwide, but I'm, I know more about U.S. culture and society. We set up these expectations culturally. You know, the whole knight in shining armor and Cinderella and um, this person's going to complete me and I'm going to be happy once I'm married and just <laughs> yeah. all the sort of, I'll, I'll say, fairy tale fantasy things that come along yeah. with the relationship. And that may sound silly, but those things become buried deep in our, our consciousness. Oh, yeah. And they become subconscious and we, we walk into relationships with these. And I think if, if you're uh, a member here and you're thinking about getting married, I'd love you to come talk to Tommy or myself. Um, if you're not and you're listening from far away or just another, you're part of another church, if you're considering getting married, it's worth bringing a third, a counselor, a pastor, somebody into conversation with your significant yep. other and having these like not only just your personal expectations, but maybe these high level expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, they talked a little about and uh, about what he calls the frustration gap, the, the expectation versus reality and what that happens. And, you know, he, they use the example. He said, you know, if, I'm, if I say I'm going to be five minutes late, I'm five minutes late. Well, they expect five minutes is five minutes. But if he says, if he says I'm going to be five minutes late and it's five hours, that's a big difference. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so it just creates frustration. So the other two things I just want to briefly touch on is predetermining your pace is what they talked about. Basically, it's it's getting down and lining out your calendar. And so if I can be candid, I think I, I think I threw Tom off uh, for, for a loop about a week and a half ago. I think you know where I'm going to go yeah. with this. <laughs> uh, so when I, I sent off my uh, – uh, Jill and I were sitting down planning out 2022 – and I must have fired off, I don't know, maybe about 10 <laughs> vacation requests, or right. like 10 individual days or something like that. And Tom's like, what? what, what what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, we were just doing 2022 planning, but it helps because you can start mapping things out and putting things into place. And so just just really focusing on your pace and, and understand we don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to do everything every season. Like, hey, take this season and do that. Take this season well, and rest. Tease that out a little bit more yeah. for folks. Um what are we talking about when you're talking about marriage? What are we talking about pacing? Yeah. So, uh, for example, like it's very important for Jill to know that we have a date night, that we have some type of a you know unplugged moment, whether it be change zip code for 24 hours or go on a family vacation or something like that. And when I say family vacation, I'm talking like we're going to go to the beach, you know, put our feet in the sand. So, uh, you know, but uh but yeah, so just being intentional about that and make and, and telling your spouse, look, this is a priority. These these are the things you want to do over the next twelve months. I want to do those things too, and let's put our heads together. Let's talk about it. Let's put it on a calendar. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way that that's sustainable. And then the last thing I want to talk about is they talked about clarifying your calling, and I I talked about this a lot. And uh, I, I haven't used that terminology, um, but I, I've I've talked about order uh, in sessions, premarital, marital, marital distress, all kinds of things. And they really touched on this. And it was really cool to see that they're both on the same page. And that is that their number one love. So, so his and hers, their number one love is God first. Mm-hmm. And they said, Hey, the, my, my husband's number one love is going to be God. My wife's number one love is going to be God. And they both agreed on it. And then their second love was each other. You know, so we see that from Mark 12 and then their children and then all other things. 
And so, you know, when we see that, we, we, we see that, that they're being intentional about their priorities. And also within that too, we think about words like, you know, I know that, and again, I, I want to talk to the, to the women here for a moment, that word submit can be really, uh, it's a hot button word, but that word submit, uh, it actually has to do with order and structure. Um, kind of, I feel like I've talked a lot already and I want you guys to all feel like you, you can yeah. jump in because everybody has shared really good stuff and we haven't talked a whole bunch about what we took away. We like, like Callie was saying, we did a little bit over dinner or we, fur we further discussed something, but it's been cool for me today to hear you guys and kind of what your takeaways were. Um, I'm going to give kind of maybe a big takeaway or an overview of what we were discussing at the conference. Um, Ricky Jenkins, who was the first pastor to speak, uh, really kind of set the tone. And the tone was, as we, quote unquote, come back, who are we going to be? Are we going to be like Jesus? And if we're going to be like Jesus, our one weapon, our one tool is love. And that kind of set the tone for the whole conference. And for me, um, I, I hate to say it this way. I don't want to say it like it's what I needed to hear or even wanted to hear, but I think it was important to hear. It was important for me to, to go, you know, yes, numbers are one way a church measures success. And, and it's always going to be that way, and I understand why. But that should never be the goal. The goal should be making mature Christians who know how to love the way Christ loves us. And I think COVID in some regard has forced churches to see that that we're going to have to focus more on the quality of our relationships, mm -hmm. the amount of love that we're giving out. And so a quote I wrote down, I was talking to the team about this prior to the podcast, um, is uh, we talked a lot about pastors that really struggled over this last year and a half. And it's not just pastors, it's leaders, it's it's people. I don't want to make this all about pastors. Um, but just the idea that a lot of people feel really burned out. Mm -hmm. And here's one big reason we feel burned out. And I like this. It's by um, Rebecca Lyons was one of the speakers. And this was a quote from her. Burnout is when you give out of something you haven't received. I'll say that again. Burnout is when you give out of something you haven't received. Mm -hmm. We can't love if we're not soaking in Christ's love. And we can't love if we don't feel loved. Because I don't believe that Jesus's love is something he gives and takes or it flows sometimes and it doesn't flow others. Mm -hmm. So if we're not feeling that, if we're not receiving Christ's love, it's because we're not receiving Christ's love. Mm -hmm. Either there is unconfessed sin and something blocking the light of the spirit and God's love, or we simply have believed a lie that we're not deserving of that. Uh, and maybe I'll add a third. And the third might be that we're simply not taking time with the Lord. Yeah. Because like every yeah. relationship, every relationship takes time and focus. Mm -hmm. And so it was awesome to be at a conference with other believers and with leaders and pastors who were going, you know what? At the end of the day, what's important is being loved by Christ and going out and sharing that love with other people. Mm -hmm. And if and if we really want to mark success, then the mark of success is how we love others. And that was, for me, the sort of global takeaway, if you will. Um, we had um, Chris Brown, who is the pastor uh, of um, North Coast Church, share with us at the very end. And I won't go into his story other than to say he shared his struggle over the last year and a half. And 
kind of where the Lord led him and took him. And he was struggling with not only loving people, but even liking them because of all the adversity and things that were happening. Mm -hmm. And I think he realized at the end of the day that he had overcomplicated things. And so if you don't get anything else out of the podcast or you go, well, that's great that you guys went to this conference, but you know, I wasn't there. If you can just take away that we, we, we have the next big, um, you know, church campaign. We've got a tactic. We've got a new formula. We've got a new book to read. We've got, and we, we complicate our faith and we complicate our lives. If we can boil it down to be loved and love, right? Love God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what it always comes back to. Mm -hmm. If we do that, then our church is successful. If we do that, our life is successful. And if we do that, we're in God's will. That can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people, but that's still, I think, the bottom line. And that's my doing big, it open handedly. Yeah, that's yeah. my big takeaway. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. that was huge for me. Well, as we get to wrap up, uh, we're reminded that prayer is primary. And uh, Callie, do you mind praying us out? Yeah. Um, dear God, just thank you so much for the opportunity for us to go to that conference, just to hear you speak clearly and just how you've spoken to us so differently, um, us four individuals. And so I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for just being present and allowing that conference to be there for so many leaders to just be a part of. Lord, I just, I want to thank you um, for whoever's listening right now for, I hope that it encouraged them and that it speaks to them, Lord. Um, I just pray that the people listening um, just find moments of stillness with you, that they can just sit and be present that they can just listen and Lord, they can be honest with you because God, you value our honesty. And so God, I just pray that um, sometimes I feel like we have to look and act and be a certain way to follow you, Lord, but you want um, us for who we are. And so I just pray that we're able to be transparent with you because God, when we're honest with you and when we're seeking you, um, you transform our hearts. And so God, I just pray that, um, if someone's listening to this and just feels distant from you, Lord, that they just make that space and that, that your love just floods them. Um, so just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the podcast. And just thank you for whoever's listening. Um, God, we're so thankful for you. We trust you and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I'll tell you, we could really talk a lot about that, that conference. That was good stuff. So, um, but don't forget, uh, you can check us out every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others. And you can see us on Facebook, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. You can also go to minorsidecom slash care for additional resources. We love you guys. We'll catch you next week.